0: You are listening to Veterinary Mental Health, Turning the Stethoscope Around, Episode 4, presented by Thoughtful Life Counseling. Welcome to the podcast. I am Taylor Miller, a veterinarian and a licensed professional counseling intern. Mental health and work-life balance are critical issues for veterinary professionals. While not intended as a substitute for individual counseling, this podcast seeks to address many of the mental health concerns common to members of our profession. Hello and welcome. Today we will be talking about self care. And I know this topic has been exhaustively studied by just about everybody from your best friend to every other podcast you listen to, to conferences, to continuing education opportunities. Everybody has an idea of what self care is and how we should be applying it in our daily lives. The reason that I want to focus on self care is one, it is important. And I don't think there's anybody who will argue with that. There are also many different approaches to thinking about the topic of self-care. And this is where I decided I would like to throw my hat into the ring. One of the elements that I think gets overlooked about discussing the topic of self-care is the question of where our habits of self-care originate. How did we arrive at our current state of caring for ourselves and caring for others? I feel like our training and our natural tendencies allow us to care for others in a much more complete way and in a much more compassionate way than we allow ourselves to care for ourselves. For some, I think there is a sense that care is a fixed and a finite asset And we only have so much to give. And any that we give to ourselves is care that we are taking away from others, whether those others are our immediate family, our children, our clients, patients, even community type obligations. If you're a church member and you're a volunteer there if you have a passion project that you volunteer for, all of these areas are areas of care. And I think there's this sense that care that we take for ourselves takes away from these areas that we are passionate about. As passionate people, we generally don't allow ourselves to justify that decrease in care for others. One of the other areas I see we fall behind in is our distinction between physical care and emotional care. So given our educational history, I think we have a fairly solid understanding of what it means to take care of a body. We understand that taking care of our physical bodies is what allows us to be caretakers for others and what allows us to live a functional life. And so we are more willing to give ourselves the time to take care of ourselves physically. And physical care encompasses a wide range of things. It's moving your body, it's sleeping, it's eating well, it's brushing your teeth, it's brushing your hair. So very, very basic grooming tasks, getting dressed in the morning, these things that allow us to step into the world and be the people that we want to be. And I've mentioned sleep and I've mentioned eating well and I've mentioned moving our body. And I know that there are some of us who struggle with even that level of self-care. And if we're having difficulty meeting even our most basic levels of self-care, then emotional self-care and higher level self-care doesn't have a chance. And that's what I want to talk about today is how to gather a picture of what you do need to live your best life and to be your best person and to feel well, to feel that sense of well-being that we glimpse occasionally on vacations, or or maybe the family leaves for a small vacation and you're left with the house by yourself. And there's this day, this magical day, when no one says anything to you at all. You turn off your phone so it doesn't ring, and it's just end-to-end peace. And I could just have described your worst nightmare. You may instead be somebody for whom the perfect day is Is a day spent with your three to five best friends rollicking around Vegas, looking at art in all of the buildings, sipping cocktails here and there, swimming in pools, and just having a day full of adventure and interaction. So again, there's all ends of the spectrum. Or maybe you are the person for whom The perfect day, the absolute perfect day is to climb on your horse first thing in the morning with your lunch packed in your saddlebags and just hit the trail and effectively disappear from the face of the earth for the next 12 hours. You and your horse just out. Maybe your dog's following. I don't know. Maybe you have five dogs. Maybe they're all following. But anyway, the point is each of us has had enough days where in that day you feel that just wholesome sense of absolute wellness, that everything is right with the world. And what I want to focus on are self-care items that help to evoke that sense of wellness, that sense of well-being down to your very core. In an ideal world, we would aim for that sense of well-being on a daily basis. Since we live in the real world, We may need to modify that to seeking each day to improve our baseline with the goal that at some point we will have more days than not in which we feel a true sense of contentment and happiness. To get there, one of the things that we need to do is consider how our self-care rules came to be. These rules will influence the level of care that you allow yourself as well as what constitutes care versus what is considered luxury. Our rules tend to form when we're children. We watch our family members and our community members, those people we look up to, and those people who are in a position to influence how we think about ourselves. Whether or not we think about it now, how our family members or loved ones reacted to the application of self-care as we were growing up. Influenced What we considered to be luxurious or saved for special occasions versus what was allowed on a daily basis. We also may have picked up unconscious habits that contribute to our self care, but as they were not discussed in terms of self care when we were young. As we lose those habits as adults, we don't recognize how much of our self-care patterns we're losing. For instance, consider a family in which the parents have an ironclad bedtime and wake-up time, a pattern that never varies come holiday, weekend, visitor. As a child, this habit became part of your self-care routine, but was probably just viewed as a rule rather than as an important contributor to your well-being. A consistent sleep pattern is one of the kindest things that you can do for yourself, assuming that The amount of sleep that you're giving yourself in that pattern is sufficient. But how long after you leave your family home do you maintain the type of sleep pattern I've just described? Likely not very long. College is a great time to test boundaries, as well as a time when you are trying to study in a new environment, have a social life in a new environment. So your sleep routine is probably gone. At that point, you may not realize quite how important sleep is. You know when you're tired, but you may not be able to recognize the overall effect lack of sleep has on your mood and your well-being. And by the time you do recognize the facts, you may not have as much choice as you'd like. In vet school, I never quite felt like my ability to sleep was matched by the time I had available. And if you've become a parent, you know that it is probably not in your control for the time being, at least with little kids. That's just one small example of a habit or pattern that you observe or even conform to when you're small that can change as you grow. On the other side are items that were recognized as self-care and were judged as such. This is where we may have limiting habits left over from our childhood. If we came away from our childhood with the idea that sleeping in was a luxury or an indulgence, We may not feel comfortable using that as a self-care item because in the back of our head, we hear ourselves say indulgence. It needs to be justified. I can't just do this. This is self-care that is allowed, but only on a special day. Let's say that you have more of an introverted personality and you grew up in a family of extroverts. In an extroverted family, you may have been used to spending each weekend in active pursuit of some type of project, task, recreational activity, something of that sort, but weekends were busy and active, and your self-care, if you got to choose, would be to sit under a tree and read a book for four hours at a stretch. That would be luxury for you. That feels like an indulgence. But if your ingrained habits are to be busy and to have projects and to get things done, if you consider quiet activities as lazy activities, you're less likely to allow yourself to indulge. And I keep using that word indulge, which just shows how deeply affected we can all be and how deeply suspicious we are of self-care. Even in an episode about self-care where I'm trying to tell you it's important to allow yourself to do these things, I use the word indulge. How telling is that? So these unconscious rules that you've built up, they come from your family, they come from past experience, your own ideals and values, your regional culture and current environment, whether that's a veterinary hospital, vet school, those can have profound effects on how we approach self-care. You know, what are our colleagues doing? What are our classmates doing? What are our workmates doing, housemates doing? All of these things will affect what we think is okay and not okay, what we can do once a week versus every day. If you live in a house with three people who do not drink, you may feel uncomfortable having a glass of wine with dinner every night. If you live in a house or if you are around people whose preferred mode of socialization is to gather in large groups, your reluctance to go out may be seen as antisocial behavior versus a natural desire to stay in and curl up with that book in your pajamas, that that is what regenerates you. One of the other ways that we can see rules come up is in time restrictions. If I can accomplish this self-care item in one hour, I can have it. But if it takes three hours, I need to put it off until I have a reason whether that's a special day, whether it's after I have finished X, Y, and Z, then I can reward myself with this self-care item. And there's nothing wrong with keeping a treasured activity or item in reserve as a reward, because that can feel good. It can feel good to motivate yourself to complete a task. But just be careful that the task you're asking yourself to complete isn't so large that it's nearly impossible, that you're never going to get to that reward. So as you move through your next week or months, try to listen to what your brain is telling you about why you should have something, why you shouldn't have something, what limits you are putting on self-care items or strategies, and what kind of judgments you are making about the self-care that you do allow yourself Are you letting yourself stay in pajamas all day, but every 10 minutes thinking, oh my God, I'm still in my pajamas, or this is really indulgent, or I hope no one sees me or knows that I'm doing this, or I really should, I hate that word, I really should be outside working in the lawn. It would be better if I went to the gym today instead of staying in my pajamas. If I wasn't so lazy, I would be getting the garden in shape for the spring planting. It may be true that you have urgent things to do on your list, and it may be true that objectively your time would be better spent on these tasks that could be completed and checked off. But if you have made the decision that you need that self-care time, let yourself have it. Really let yourself sink into it and reap all the benefits, because you're not going to benefit as much if you're second-guessing whether or not you deserve what you're doing for yourself. Okay. So one of the reasons that I'm talking about self care today is that times of upheaval and times of change often disrupt our current rhythms for self care, as we discussed in Reviving Your Routines, which was episode two of this podcast. When your routines of self care have been disrupted, particularly during times of increased stress, you will notice that your sense of wellness of equilibrium is off. You may experience symptoms of depression or anxiety, and these are signals that you need to increase your level of self-care so you can feel a sense of normal again. And in those moments where we're trying to reestablish that sense of equilibrium, that is an excellent time to thoughtfully evaluate what your self-care strategies are. To establish a self-care regimen that truly meets your needs and allows you to live your best life, the life in which that sense of well-being is felt on a routine basis, we need to think about these things in order. The first one we've touched on, what internalized self-care rules do you live by? And where do they come from? And are they still valuable? Do those rules help you in your life or do they hold you back from achieving that sense of true well-being? And a lot of times where the mismatch comes in is that the rules that we're living by don't actually align with our personal priorities, values, life goals, our vision of a good life. This step of aligning your internal rules with your personal priorities and values can be difficult if you haven't sat down recently to define those values and priorities and life goals. There will be a podcast about that at some point. So stay tuned. But for now, if nothing else, eliminate those things which clearly do not fit with the lifestyle that you would like to ultimately lead. The next step is to consider what personal needs must be met in order to live your best life, and are your self-care strategies adequate to meet those needs? What needs are currently unmet, and which of your self-care strategies are outdated or no longer of value? when considering what personal needs must be met to live your best life, I'm speaking more of an emotional state or that sense of wellness or well-being that we've discussed. And once we have an idea of what we want to be feeling, we have a better chance of designing self-care items that will evoke those feelings. Yes, we do still need to try to think about what food we put in our mouths, how we're moving our bodies, what kind of sleep we're getting. All of those are very basic self-care items that need to be accomplished. But when we level up and try to think about what self-care items will allow me to feel I am living my best life, that's when we need to focus on how our self-care items make us feel and what they give to us. When you're considering that perspective, Some of the self-care items that we've had in place for a long time may no longer be serving their purpose. And that's what I want us to think about. Maybe when you were an undergrad, sleeping until 11 in the morning was the most wonderful thing that you could do for yourself. However... Our bodies change, we change, our rhythms change. And maybe now if you sleep till 11, even though you feel like you're giving yourself a gift, you wake up feeling groggy and grumpy and the rest of the day just ends up in this unpleasant fog that is both unhelpful and a disappointment because you still remember what it felt like to wake up in this golden morning after this extended sleep. So if that self-care item is something you still routinely employ, trying to recapture that sense of wellness that it used to give you, it might be time to reevaluate. And instead of sleeping in late, it might be better to go to bed early and get your hours of extra sleep in that way. So take a look at what you do for yourself on a weekly basis and really ask whether what you're doing for yourself as a treat still feels that way. It still feels like a treat. And if it doesn't, That's a pretty good indication that something needs to change. The other factor that will require change or adjustment from us is that we are living in a world pandemic, which means that many things that were previously available to us are no longer available. We can't go to our gyms, we can't go to our favorite coffee shops. These things that may truly be fulfilling their need, but are not accessible to us. So we need to find a way to replace that self-care item with something that evokes the same feeling, not just a one-for-one trade. So going to the gym may leave us feeling relaxed and peaceful in a way that working out in our living room will not. So you can replace the exercise but if the point is to achieve the same feeling, you'll need to be creative and substitute that self care item with something that gives you the same results. As you're brainstorming self care items, the other thing that I would like you to do for me is to think big, to let yourself think about some of the larger items that you might normally categorize as splurges or reserved for special occasions. I think that we have conditioned ourselves to think that we don't deserve larger things unless we have given something equally large. And while the scales of justice should probably be balanced that way, it doesn't make sense to withhold care from yourself until you have given care out. It makes more sense to take really good care of yourself such that you are overflowing with the ability to... To care for others. Then caring for others and giving energy out into the world becomes as simple as letting yourself overflow. It's not a matter of digging deep and finding it within yourself to continue giving. It happens more naturally if you yourself have been well cared for. I realize that I'm asking you to put forth a lot of energy to thoughtfully consider what items in the self-care routine will maximally benefit you and how to replace old items with new items, which requires creativity and again, more thought. But I encourage you to look at this as an investment. On the front end, it may take several hours to truly think about what will improve your sense of well-being and your sense of living your best life, but that effort is going to pay out every single day afterward. I have included a handout to go along with this episode. You can find it on my website at thoughtfullifecounseling.com or linked on the show notes page for this episode. If you would prefer to have the self-study handouts delivered directly to your email, you can sign up for my twice-monthly newsletter. The newsletter will include links to the podcasts as well as links to their associated blogs as well as PDFs of the handouts themselves. The handout for today's episode will walk you through the steps of evaluating your current internal rules, looking at where they came from, what they are accomplishing, what they're not accomplishing, evaluating your basic needs, and trying to match up your self-care items with those needs such that you can live your best life. And your best life is not going to look like anybody else's best life. And I think that's where we get into trouble sometimes. We expect what works for others to work for us. And that's just not how it is. So take some time for yourself. Go through this handout or just go through it as a mental exercise. Try to find one thing, big or small, that you can add to your self-care routine. You are absolutely worth it. This brings us to the end of our three-part COVID self-care package. However, the Thoughtful Life Counseling or TLC wellness journey will continue. Each Monday, I will release a new podcast episode. Each episode will have an accompanying blog on my website. So if you'd prefer not to listen, but would rather read, most of the information is contained in both places. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to next time. This has been a mental health moment brought to you by Thoughtful Life Counseling. If you found today's episode helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving me a review. You can download the handout mentioned in today's episode by visiting my website at thoughtfullifecounseling.com. To have the handouts delivered by email, please sign up to receive my twice-monthly newsletter. If you have topic requests, questions, or comments, please contact me through my website or any one of my social media platforms. Take care of yourself and tune in next week as we discuss how to navigate negative emotions.